0: Brian Hetland has been the coach of Clarksville High School's baseball team for 11 seasons, and he's been coaching baseball in Clarksville for 32 years. He was recently inducted into the Tennessee Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame. He joins Charlie and Katie to reflect on his incredible career coaching baseball in Clarksville. He Hear about coming to Clarksville to coach Austin P. baseball when he was in his 20s. Some of the amazing ball players he has coached when he was coaching the Gubs. He also shares some important lessons he has learned coaching baseball in Clarksville for 32 years. All this episode of Clarksville's Conversation.
1: Were you um, surprised to get this
0: honor? I was surprised, quite honestly. I don't I guess I don't feel like I'm that old, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess starting when you're that young, you get a lot of years behind you. So there was a lot of successes at Austin P and, and we've had good successes at uh, Clarksville High. So it, you know, you got to have good people and good players to have anything like this. And that's what I just told our players. I get to go talk about our program and our team a little bit and I said it's because of the guys before you and that laid the groundwork for something like this to be able to happen. And it's the guys that I had at Austin P that allowed things to happen there to make successes happen.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. You mentioned you got you have to have good players and 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 I, I this going to sound like I disagree with you. You do have to have good players, but you also have to develop those players. You know, everybody's just not right. good automatically. Right. I mean, you you got to work with them. And so I'm sure at some point probably really early in your career, you had to... Because he
1: really, started when he was ten. Yeah. I know <laughs> yeah.
2: right. You you had to learn how how to coach. Right. And then how to develop. So yeah. who were some coaches that you kind of looked up to and, and right. gleaned some stuff off
0: well, of? Well in my early days, you know, there was a lot of coaches and scouts, quite honestly, because professional scouts are so vital to the college program and the recruiting side of it to uh, to learn from those guys and to be out on the road and be with those guys at games and and uh, and learn different things. And Mr. Digby, who signed Wade Boggs and several of the Boston Red Sox back in the mm-hmm. days when they were really good before this run, you know, told me one day he said, "Hey Brian, don't don't worry about what everyone else says. If you got a hunch on a player and you like that player, then stay with that player. Yeah. Don't let somebody talk you off them." Yeah, from the recruiting side, so that was very valuable information there. But coaches wise, Woody Hunt from Cumberland, Tennessee. I mean, Woody's been an icon in coaching in in our state, and you know he's NAI, one of the top coaches in the nation with wins and. You know, he just so classy and learned a lot of hard work ethics from him because he had nothing at his field, yeah. nothing in his program. And he developed a field based on going out and beg, borrowing, stealing. And, and so we had to do in the early days at Austin P. We had we had nothing. And and to build that facility to what we were able to build it to mm-hmm. and uh, get the lights and get the stadium the way we had it. That took a lot of work and a lot of efforts and a lot of begging out there in the community. And. You know, so uh, he, he taught me that and and uh, just being around the programs like Middle Tennessee and Lipscomb and, and seeing how they did things. And it really, you know, it really inspires you to, you know, Middle was a team that for the early years when 88 to 92, probably we never beat them. You know, yeah. and and uh, it seemed like we never beat them. And once we got over the hump and beat them, you know, that was a big thing. And then we were able to be more like a 500 club against them. You know, but they were the they were the standard in the OVC when yeah. we were in it in the early days.
2: It was pretty cool because I we were talking prior to recording this, but I couldn't remember exactly what year that I met you. You know, right. passing you know, at, at Austin Peace. so I got over there mm-hmm. in, in the fall of '86. And you got there in 88. I got there in January of 88, yes. Yeah. So we, you know, I know a lot of your players. Right. You know,
1: he probably partied with a lot of those players.
2: Probably so. Probably so. I don't (laughs) need to know all those stories. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Now I can know more about them. Yeah. Yeah. Now (laughs) we can know more. But, but, you know, it's just seeing somebody's path Mm -hmm. and the commitment. You know, we talk about about that, what our uh, community gives back. And we have, you know, coaches like you that are committed to kids. Right. And you're you're obviously not doing it, you know, for the big money. Yeah. Yeah. But you're doing it for the love of the game and the love of the kids. Well,
0: uh, if I couldn't keep playing, I knew I wanted to coach. I was very blessed that I knew what I wanted to do. And, you know, and and I had support system from my parents, first of all, and they were behind me the whole way, getting me through college. And and I was the first one in, in our family that went to college. And you know, so the reason I went to college was because of baseball. That yeah. was yeah. really the only reason, you know, that was my avenue to get in. And it got me to understand, hey, get a degree. And, you know, if I can't keep playing, you know, which very few do, the percents are, I don't even know what they are, but they're crazy low of who keep playing after college, if you even get to play in college. And so I said, I want to coach. And, you know, and they allowed me to do things and then, uh, being a graduate assistant, I was a graduate assistant when I came here in 88, and Gary McClure and I were the only coaches, and he's 24, and I'm 23. If he was 24 yet, I don't know, in January. Uh, we were the youngest staff in the nation, and and like I said during my uh, induction ceremony this weekend, I said – we're probably the fastest speed dial call in the country because we were Division One, but we weren't very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the program hadn't been very good before that, so it was easy to schedule anybody because they all called. And oh, yeah. <laughs> now it ain't quite so easy for them to schedule, yeah, you know, because yeah. they have more established.
1: So I, I wrote down here that you went to Washington Park High School and then went to college. At what yeah. point did you decide and what was a determining factor that i'm going to i want to coach like because yeah. that's a big commitment not just yeah. to baseball but like charlie says to the little boy, the boys
0: yeah yeah i mean i just i always had a passion for the game and uh, i love every part of the game and a lot of people can't stand working on a field and i really like working on the field and doing all the the little things that it takes and the extra days that it takes and times to do it so i i mean i knew i knew early on i guess when i was even in high school, I would help in the summers when I wasn't playing with, with some local teams a little bit. So I knew I wanted to coach and, and I had good mentors. I had a great high school coach that was a very laid back uh, person, played minor league baseball. And, you know, we got to go to the state tournament when I was a senior in high school and that hadn't been done in a while. And, you know, he was, he was a good mentor for me and my Mm -hmm. summer coach was a good mentor Mm -hmm. for me. So I saw people that, you know, in different ways, you know, and then uh, when I got into college, my my college coach at the four-year school at Northwest Missouri State, he had a class called baseball theory. You know, there's different classes in the health and physical education curriculum. When you're going into coaching as uh, a sidebar or as a minor, you can take this theory of coaching and some are basketball, football, and baseball basically is what they had back then. And I took baseball and that's when I really had to get into the ins and outs of the game and make mm-hmm. my own playbook and what bunk coverage is, what first and third defense is, how I was going to handle uh, situations and different different elements of the game. And, you know, so I studied it more in depth at that point in time and, and I I guess I knew then that I that's what I was going to do.
1: Kind of click. Hey, I have to tell you something, Charlie. Have you probably haven't been to the CHS baseball field in a while
2: i mean i went last year oh did you uh-huh.
1: if this man isn't in the dugout if he isn't in the in his office he is dragging that field he's working oh, yeah. on that field all the time I see him over and, it, there, so. and it shows
2: i see
0: him i live right I over know. there i see him yeah he's it working. looks
1: really good yeah it's a lot of work though
0: it is it is and and you got to have a passion for it and you got to have an understanding family you know and my wife and kids have been great they've been by my side my daughter and son grew up at Austin P in the early days and then they went to Clarksville High and uh and I was there and w- w- they were able to be we were all just a family at the field basically mm-hmm. and and uh so I I've been very fortunate that I've had that support system to help me uh co- you know continue to pursue my passion of coaching kids you know you spend more time with other people's kids than you do your own kids a lot of times yeah. as a coach yeah. and, I would imagine and uh and that could be difficult at times, but you it's know, like
1: herding cats sometimes. Yeah, isn't it is. It? <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. It definitely so, is. So,
2: so I want to ask you about players. Yeah, and and if you can mention, you know, whoever you're comfortable with talking yeah. about. But and, and we're kind of going backwards because we're starting in college and yes, in the high school. Absolutely. Way. But you know, Austin P has had some really good players come through there. Yeah. During your time and after that, right. have, you know, made it to the big league. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, who who do you remember, or who do you just uh, can think of that just
0: really inspired you or, or stood out
1: just, to you? Yeah, yeah.
0: well, th- there's many obviously, and and you hate to single out certain ones, but on the first team in '88, Jimmy Jimmy Wagner and Rick Strickland were both guys that came to came to Austin P and they were juniors that '88 year, and uh, they joined a team and really brought they both were junior college kids that came from some winning backgrounds and yeah. they brought a lot of tenacity to the program and, and brought a, Hey, we're going to win here, you yeah. know? And mm-hmm. and that's what we were trying to tell everybody, obviously, because we were too stupid to know any different. We're 24 and <laughs> twenty four and 23, you know, we're yeah. just, we're going to beat everybody, you know, we're going yeah. to the national championship. And, <laughs> yeah, that's right. and uh, so that's the mindset you got to have. And, and uh, so those guys came in and they both ended up signing after their senior years. And, you know, I got to take them to pre-draft workouts after their senior year. And I, I don't know if that was legal or not back then, but uh, I did it. You know, they were both graduated. So I won an NCAA prom. Yeah, but, late uh But those guys in that early team and then, then you got guys like, George Sherrill and mm-hmm. came from nothing in Memphis and you know was a junior college transfer from Jackson State and comes to our place and ends up leaving and plays five years of independent baseball, never gets an affiliated job. And then all of a sudden he gets a double-A job with the Seattle Mariners. And the next thing you know, he's in the big leagues and mm-hmm. he's pitching in the all-star game for the Orioles yeah. years later as a closer. Yeah. So you know him as a big leaguer, Jamie Catwalker, as a big leaguer. And then, uh, obviously AJ Ellis, AJ Ellis was yeah. everything to Austin P, you know, yeah. he's such a leader and such a, such a program builder. And, you know, he, um, played for the Dodgers all those years, was Kershaw's favorite catcher during his time. And, you know, and, and it just goes on and on. Sean Kelly, Matt Reynolds, those guys that made it to the big leagues, you know, it's uh, we've had an impressive record there of guys that have made it to the big leagues. And, and that's a really neat thing. But there's so many other guys that have been business leaders and community leaders and, you know, that have not gone the professional route, but our professionals mm-hmm. in everyday life that sure. are awesome people and, you know, have had great experiences there and, and I enjoyed coaching them. Many of them just as much.
2: It's, it's pretty, it's, it's fun. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And I've, um I think that obviously you love baseball and you're there to um, help these boys learn baseball. But I think that watching you, I think that, I think you take a lot of pride in the character that you instill in these young men as well, which will help them in, life with professional stuff like
0: yeah and I I think that comes with gray hair quite quite (laughs) honestly I think when you're young and you're on a rampage and you're win-win-win-win-win at 20s and 30s you know you don't think about those things quite as much but as you get into the 40s and 50s you know the relationships are so important Mm -hmm. and uh, the comeback of those kids coming back to your program and you know every day at our field right now we have five or six minor league guys that mm-hmm. um or pro guys you know with ryan harper alec mills and west and then a couple other guys from austin pierre coming over and working out in the afternoon before our workouts and when those people come back even if they didn't play for you and they feel comfortable there that makes you feel good that, oh yeah that um you want those guys there because you want your players seeing those guys right and, and seeing successes and and seeing determination because you talk about ryan harper who 30 years old before he gets the nod in the big leagues. That guy spent nine years in the minor leagues and Mm -hmm. wasn't ever supposed to make it, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, so I love seeing those stories and, and, uh, and Alex same way West played one year of junior college baseball, only two years of high school baseball and and Parsons ends up making it to the big leagues, you know, and those stories, they're not the, I went to LSU and I got drafted in the first round and, you know, none of our guys have been those stories and that's what really, really makes it fun. And, And when you recruit guys like Matt Reynolds and, Sean Kelly and AJ and all those guys, and then you you see something in them, and then they do the work to get to that point. That's the development process that you love seeing, and mm-hmm. you know what's there. And uh, but they bring it out because they put in that extra work.
1: So you just mentioned a player that you said played two years high school and one college. Yeah. So <laughs> was that someone you just that he just decided I want to try out for baseball, or did right. you see how did that all come about? Wes
0: was an outstanding golfer, and uh, he was groomed. Uh, to golf by his dad a lot, okay. and and, uh, and Wes was probably our number one golfer at Clarksville at the time. Well, as an eighth grader, he was the best eighth grader in town, best pitcher. He was a tall, lanky kid. At that time, he was probably 5'9", five, 5'11", five, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range in eighth grade, going into ninth grade. But for whatever reason, I don't know the full details of it, but he didn't play his ninth and 10th grade year. I took the job. It was his junior year, okay. and that was my Job every day was to go find Wes Parson and say Wes, hey, let's just go play catch, man. It's <laughs> yeah. still there. Yeah. Let's let's go play catch mm-hmm. and just see what you think, you know. And I coach. I, I mean, I'm golfing, you know, and this is August, you know, that I'm busting them in September. Well, golf ends early in the high school season. Mm-hmm. I said, let's just go out and play catch. Well, he goes out and plays catch, and next thing you know, he's over there every day and he's wanting to play. And and uh, I'm now he's six three and mm-hmm. lanky kid, but arm works really good. And I'm like, hey, man, this is this is good you, you can do this thing and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh and for Wes it was just a matter of time he needed to catch up on some time so he some confidence he never lifted like a baseball player mm-hmm. lifts when you're a golfer and at that mm-hmm. back then you know and so he just needed to get back into a program and go and you know I kind of made a deal with his dad I said all right we'll get his pitching workout in we'll get him out of here he will get to the golf course you know mm-hmm. and uh then all of a sudden, Wes is like, "No, nah, I want to hit too. I, I used to love hitting and want to hit." And I said, Wes, man, I made this deal with your dad. Get out of here, you know. Yeah. Get your pitching work out and get out of here, you know." He said, "He said I don't want to play golf, you know." And I'm like, "Oh, you're no. like that's
1: a conversation yeah. between you and your yeah. dad." Yeah,
0: I said, "No, nah, I'm going to get lynched here, you know. Yeah. This guy's yeah. going to quit golf, and he's the number mm-hmm. one at Clarksville. High. I don't want." To. I said, "Wes, don't quit golf." He said, "I don't even like golf right now. I'm just done with golf, and I want, that's when I play baseball." And I'm like, "Oh boy." Here we go. Yeah. But thank goodness they invited me to his signing party when the Braves signed <laughs> yeah. him, and they yeah. were happy then and they are now that he I, made it to the big leagues, obviously. I I've I played golf with Wes a
2: lot of times, yeah. and it's kind of embarrassing how far he can hit the ball. It's amazing. <laughs> because I, you know, I hit it. And you're you know, a good player. No, I'm really not. But not when it comes to guys like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, if I can go out and shoot 80, you know, I've had a pretty good day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he blows it right by <clears throat> you. I, yeah, I, I play mean. golf
1: once a year, and I to call it successful when mine gets airborne. I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah. "Woo." laughs>
2: But it's To fun. this
0: day, Jeff Vaughn says he hits it further than anyone in Clarksville, you know, yeah. and I believe that's probably He's tall case. and strong. Yeah. He's got a great yeah. swing. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, um, do you have any story, share something like with us that you're maybe most proud of in your coaching career. Can you think of any one thing or just anything that pops to mind?
0: Well, you know, obviously winning championships, that first team that I had at Clarksville High when we went to the state tournament with a bunch of guys that were guys that just, you know, didn't play a bunch their junior year. they They were on a good team and, you know, they were under a bunch of kids that were seniors that year before and they just they were kind of, some of them were on the outs and whether they were going to play baseball, you know, and they got a new lease on life with, with, I guess, me coming there and, uh, you know, and those guys all graduating. So they, they had an opportunity in their mind and and they go out and and they just uh, set it on fire. And we ended up going 20 and 0 mm-hmm. between district and district tournament and uh, through like three shutouts in a district tournament. It was an amazing run. And, it got us to the state tournament with a team that wasn't supposed to do anything in most people's eyes and won 33 games. That was a special team. And obviously our, our regional teams at Austin P were very special teams. The 96 team with Chuck Abbott and Nate Manning and, and that whole crew, you know, they were drafted in the second round and eighth round. Our catcher, Ryan Bennett was drafted on that team. And, you know, it was an incredible club. We won 44 games, went to the NCAA regional at LSU and, you know, so that was an incredible mm-hmm. run right there. And, and just, um, but but so many different ones, you know, and, and teams that I've had that uh, just weren't supposed to be very good, and they turn out to end up being really good. And, you know, that, that, those are the fun ones too, you know, Then and, and uh, not specifically thinking, but last year we had a good run. And, you know, it's, it's so hard because our system is set up to – one game, and baseball is not a one-game deal, but you win or finish second in the district, which we've done every year I've been there except for once, and you go to a region game. Well, region is one game, and if you don't win that game on that Monday night, then you don't get to advance Mm -hmm. any further, you know, and you're playing against Hendersonville, Mount Juliet, bigger schools, and baseball powers, and you know, and then if you can win that, you get to go to Brentwood, Ravenwood and Franklin and that yeah. district, yeah. you know, that, So that's your that's your next round. So, you know, our, our district has a very tough road to get to that state tournament. And, you know, it's it's not easy. And, you know, but uh, what I've learned, too, is and I don't do this good all the time, but you, you can't just coach for that last win if you mm-hmm. do there's only one person that's happy every year. And, and that's, uh, that championship team at the end, you gotta, you gotta coach for the relationships and, and, and the guys getting better. And, and I'm so, I'm so thankful for the guys that get to go on and play at the next level because I know what a great enjoyment that was for me and the guys I coached at Austin P and I want all these kids that have that desire and ability to go do that, you know, and, and, uh, many don't, but, uh, some do, and and that's a gratifying thing,
1: do you know what I find amazing? Just sitting here listening to him. He's been doing this for thirty three years. He can spout off dates, names. Oh, I yeah. mean the fact that you can remember all that to yeah. me is amazing. That's a well,
0: lot it it is, but there's there's special mm-hmm. times that happen that you know and and I can also remember losses, you know, and when, when you lose a region game in extra innings, and we had a guy tossed at the plate, uh, thrown out at the plate on a plate that looked like he was safe. and, And there was also an interference by the third baseman when he was rounding third. And, you know, we don't score that run in the first inning and ends up going eight innings and uh, or 12 innings. I'm sorry. We lost in 12 that night. And, uh, you know, so you remember those kind of games just as much and you have nightmares on some of those a whole mm-hmm. lot more. The other ones you have dreams yeah. on, but the nightmares are there too. And, and we've had those that I had those at Austin P as well. I mean, you know, it's it just, it comes with it, but in the end, you, you know, you're, you know, you're doing something good for people uh, in this game and, and, and you hope you are more than, more than uh, than you're not, and you know, and, and there's tough times in the game, uh, just like in life, and and I think it's a great teaching tool the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: I agree. So before we close, if you could just give any advice to some some young men who maybe aren't playing baseball, are playing baseball, whichever, what advice would you give them if they about baseball, the game of life? What, yeah, what yeah.
0: Well, I I think the the number one thing I I would say is don't let somebody tell you you can't do it. Uh, until you've exhausted all your means. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means push through. If if you get cut, if something happens where um, you're not a starter on a particular year, then you just got to work and do the best that you can to to strive to get on the field. And, you know, it's up to you. Um, the, a coach can only do so much. We can, so to speak, lead them to the water, but we're not going to drink for them, so to speak. And they have got to have the passion and desire to do it and it's not for everybody it's 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 tough to keep advancing in the game is very hard it's it's the same game at coach pitch t-ball to the first time you start pitching at 9 10 till it is at 18 19 the only thing that matters and changes is the speed of it changes completely Mm -hmm. so you know you 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 have to be fast and strong in this game and that's why I tell our younger kids I work with our middle schoolers some and I tell them all the time it's okay if you're not big but if you're not fast and strong and you're not big then there's going to be problems for Mm -hmm. you as time goes because the game gets so much faster as you move up to the high school and to the big field yeah
1: well coach thank you for joining us today and congratulations again on your hall of fame
0: well thank you very much I appreciate you having me
1: Clarksville
2: conversation
1: subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation